The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got to look to the draft. We've got to look to developing the guys that are currently here and obviously retain as many of these guys as we can. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome into another edition of the Huddle Up Podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 8th. We've got a busy show ahead. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and Bucky Brooks is in the building with us. That's right. The uh, cat signal went out. Uh, dead ass. Can we come down, kind of hang out a little bit with you guys to see if we can do the Huddle Up Podcast live and in person. So, I, you know, I, I always want to see my guys. So. Show commercial or private jet over here? Uh, you know, I wish I could be private. Like if I got on that private jet, I don't know if we ever get off. East Coast Bucky in March is a rare thing. So yeah, you know what I'm doing? I'm right. practicing for OTAs and minicamp. Okay, well. Because you yeah. know how important those things are. Because yeah. I want to make sure that you are tracking all the completions yeah, they really and all are. that other stuff. That three-day minicamp really got it done last year. <laughs> it's important to set the tone. Really Very did. important to set right. the tone. Get it going. Got to set the tone. A lot going on today in the building, outside the building I had a chance to go on a tour with Doug Peterson, Trent Balky of the Miller Electric Center over there, walk around. Coach Peterson uh, spoke with the construction workers. We'll, we'll get to that maybe mm. a little bit later. But uh, the big news today, Calvin Ridley in the building. He was officially reinstated by the National Football League and the commissioner's office. He arrived. He's here. He made the rounds. Bucky, you had a chance to sit down and talk with fifth-year wide receiver Calvin Ridley, and there's been a lot going on the last couple of years with him, most of it away from football, but now he's back. Yeah, he is back. He's really excited to be back. Uh, he talked about um, the Jaguars taking a chance on him, making a trade for him last year. It kind of gave him a reason uh, to get back in the gym, to be excited about playing football again. He started following the team. He loves the support that he received from the Jaguars fans. And he loves the idea of joining a situation with Doug Peterson where he feels like he can really maximize his talents and really help this team get to the next level. Yeah, I listened to the interview. I, I thought Ridley last season uh, sort of symbolized a little bit uh, his activity on social media when the Jaguars got hot and his interaction with fans during that. Um, symbolize is the right word, but uh, – it's personified a lot of the energy that started around this team. Uh, there had been a perception for a couple of years uh, because they were bad that you know players didn't like Jacksonville, wasn't cool, all that. And all of a sudden, really gets traded there, uh, and all of a sudden he's into it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's into it. Uh, not that you wouldn't be into it, but you guys know what I'm saying. It it felt like. Wow, people are excited about this Jaguars team, and this guy who had played at Alabama had big success, big star receiver, embracing it. Um, it felt like that was part of the story, or at least a story that was walking alongside this team as they made their run. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was really cool. He he just talked about missing the team, missing mm-hmm. being part of a team, missing being part of like that that greater collective where everyone is kind of pursuing a goal, and so he couldn't wait. Uh, to join the team. He can't wait to get the off-season workouts uh, April 17th to kind of jump back in when he can start kind of just finding his way. And he talked about his game and uh, just kind of knocking the rust off and doing those things. And so he's really excited about what 
uh, potentially could be a very, very dangerous and dynamite wide receiver core. Yeah, I'm sure he's sitting there watching TV and, A, I know you mentioned this in the interview with you, Bucky, watching Trevor get better and better and better during that, and he's thinking, okay, okay this this could work. This might work you know? out. And, and uh, I'd like you to speak on something you told me Monday uh, about how Calvin will fit into this scheme because it sounds like you think he's not only a great, uh, a potentially great player, but a potentially great fit for what this team does. Yeah, I think he's a great fit because you look at the top wide receivers in the National Football League, most of them are outstanding route runners. Well, he fits the bill. He is a dynamic route runner who can get open using a variety of different tricks, uh, stop-start quickness, bursts. He has all the sort of movements. Um, when he was coming out of Alabama, he reminded me a lot of Reggie Wayne when Reggie Wayne came through and did his deal for the Indianapolis Colts. Kind of smooth, kind of understated, but you look up and he finishes the game with 100 receiving yards, a touchdown or two, and he's really hurt you. Uh, the big thing uh, for Calvin, he had an opportunity to go from being the number two receiver to being the number one receiver, and everybody's not built for that. The fact that he played in the shadow of Julio Jones, then replaces Julio Jones and has success in that role, leads me to believe that he could come in, play any role, but eventually I would expect him to kind of be maybe the lead receiver mm-hmm. of the offense. And that's not um, taking anything away from like Christian Kirk or Zay Jones or Evan Ingram and those guys. But I think when you look at his game, he has the ability to do all those things that you normally would expect of a number one receiver. But he also has the mindset to be able to play a complimentary role if that's the case. And so I think it makes – the wide receiver core is stronger because now those interchangeable pieces are really, really talented when you think about Zay Jones, Christian Jones, Calvin Ridley, and now Evan Ingram. It makes it very, very difficult for the defense. The interesting thing to me is uh, everybody talks about his precision as a route runner. Uh, that tells me he's a reliable route runner, meaning I thought Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk early on last year started to show that Trevor had great trust in where Christian was going to be, say, on third and six, mm-hmm. and could use him at, as a bailout when things started to go bad. He knew where he was going to be. Um, does Ridley bring that same element? Because to me, that's so important on third and five, third and six. You convert so many more of those when the quarterback completely trusts where a guy's going to be. Reggie had that as well in Indianapolis. Yeah, no, I think this, this is exactly what you want in terms of the reliability and dependability of your playmakers on the outside. A lot of what helped Trevor grow in his second year is having the veteran set of receivers that uh, could get open, and they got open on time at the spots that they were expected to get open. Uh, Calvin Ridley now joins Christian Kirk and Zay Jones as another playmaker that is able to do that. And so if you're trying to nudge your quarterback to throwing the ball early to making anticipatory throws where you got to have guys that are going to be at those spots when the ball is thrown – and you know, Calvin really understands that. He also has, I would say, some of this craftiness that when we think about the deep ball element, which has been missing from our offense, he has the ability to get open on deeper throws, but he's going to be a double-move guy, a guy that sets you up runs, uh, stopping goals, stutter, stutter comebacks, different type things to throw you off, and then he'll slip past the defense, and that might be the home run ball that we, we need. We haven't had that element. But I think now, because he's such a really good route runner, Doug Peterson will, and Press Taylor, they'll be able to draw, diagram some of those designated shot calls 
that lead to those explosive plays. It's the Huddle Up Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, Bucky Brooks. I think it was Pete Prisco. You might have heard of him. Who had the tweet a little while back that that said that he had heard he had been running like 22 and a half miles per hour, that kind of thing recently, getting back in shape. Not that they, maybe mm-hmm. that he ever wasn't in shape, but off-season shape, suspended shape is, yes, different than football shape, right? So how did he maintain or try to build throughout this time? Well, you know, he he, he kind of felt, I would, I would say that being traded – being picked up by the Jaguars excited him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it excited him, so it gave him a reason to get up and be a part of it. Because when you're suspended, you're not allowed to have any contact with the team. You're not really – you're kind of ostracized. You're away from the team, and so you can feel like you're on an island. Well, being traded to the Jaguars, he had a team to follow. He had a team to get excited about. As the Jaguars made the run, he could then kind of have a rooting interest for the team as he had an eye towards next season and being able to join the team. Uh, when it comes to training, he told me he, he had been working out down in South Florida. He's just kind of knocking the r- rust off. But the times and the things that we're hearing about how fast he's running, those things are real. And so he's really excited. He's fully healthy. He has some foot issues that were plaguing him before. Now he has all that resolved. And so we should have an opportunity to see the best version of Calvin Ridley once he settles in and kind of learns the offense. And the motivated Calvin. I mean, it's one-year deal. It's the last year of his rookie deal. I mean, that, that's motivation in itself. Yeah, that is motivation. He understands it. He talks about, you know, this is the first time he's ever been without football. Football is what he does. Uh, he, he loves it. He loves all aspects of the game. He's really looking forward to kind of throwing himself back into the game. Um, and so, you know, like the, the business part of it is, yes, last year of your deal – an opportunity maybe to recoup some of the money that he lost by missing last season. He understands what's on the line, and you know he has to kind of work into it. But I think the expectation should be great from him and from this offense. The 2023 season is on the horizon, and you don't want to miss it. So lock in your seats at the bank this fall. Place your deposit at jaguars.com slash tickets. Seat selection coming soon, and the perfect spot is waiting for you. Don't watch the Jags become kings of the jungle again from your couch. Join the Jaguars now. Evan Ingram discussion and much more after this on the Huddle Up podcast. Welcome back, J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, and Bucky Brooks. The 2023 concert season is here, and there's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member. Enjoy the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and much more. And you'll see Kenny Chesney, Old Dominion, Yellow Card, and many more acts to follow. For more, email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. Well, the other part of the off-season business, well, one of the other parts recently, not only Ridley, of course, that we've talked about, but Evan Ingram, franchise tagged, $11 million in change. You know, the, the talk, at least leading into that, was both sides are into it. Both sides want to be here. We've seen Evan tweet that he's excited to stay in Jacksonville and is looking forward, John, to a long-term deal at some point. So this really doesn't change a lot. This just is the franchise tag being used. It doesn't change anything, but it's not insignificant that after he got the tag, he tweeted that he was excited about Jacksonville looking to get a long-term deal. Some guys get the tag, and it sort of rubs him the wrong way. You're not sure where that relationship is. It's been clear from you know November or December of last year, uh, maybe even before that, but I, I first sort of got a real idea from Evan Ingram that he loved his situation here, wanted to stay. 
in his postseason comments, uh, without giving away his uh, his uh, negotiating ability, he made clear he wanted to be here. Trent Baalke never gave any indication that it wouldn't happen. So I think uh, within the scope of the franchise tag, Evans is happy as he could possibly be. And there seems to be a great deal of trust and motivation on both sides to get something done. On the field, there was never a doubt in my mind he was coming back. I don't think anybody got questioned he was coming back. So, um, you know, as you say, a full steam ahead, uh, run it back in terms of those skill players with a fast break addition in Calvin Ridley. So, uh, Evan Ingram, Bucky. Yeah, this is a team that you, you've always envisioned. Like, this is a J.O. team. This is a John Osher team right here. This is all offense. Good looking. All and gas, smart. no breaks. Like, we're going we're gonna to throw the ball all <laughs> over the yard. Uh, we're running on occasion to, to give ourselves the opportunity to breathe. But this is high octane. Let's move it around. And when you look at the way the game is trending, uh, you have to be able to throw the ball. And the way the Jaguars should be able to do it with Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, all these guys being able to move around, interchangeable pieces on the perimeter. I think you will see Doug Peterson maybe add more creativity to the offense as Trevor Lawrence is more comfortable with what he has around him, understanding the offense. We may see more things that create and exploit mismatches on the perimeter, and that should be an exciting time because each of the guys that we've talked about on the perimeter, they can win their Mm one-on-one matchups. And when you can win your one-on-one matchups, then the game becomes fun because now the points can become start to come in bunches. Yeah, I'm not ready to call this the the best collection of skill players in franchise history because, well, why not? What, what what group is better? Well, there was a group in the late '90s that had two guys that I think should be in the Hall of Fame, so Fred Taylor and Jimmy Smith. Okay. So, okay, um, all right. Okay. Now, depth wise, mm-hmm. and and it's also a different era. You didn't need necessarily as many different weapons back then. But right now, for the last 20 years, Mm -hmm. uh, you have a group that very easily could have Travis Etienne, Mm -hmm. Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Kirk, and Ridley. Five guys very capable. Going into any week, Mm -hmm. would it shock you if if any of those guys – had 100 yards and two touchdowns. No, they've never had yeah. that. They've, they've never had that. And then going back to the conversation that I had with Doug Peterson uh, last offseason, he talked about having uh, a very balanced and diverse offense where you maybe didn't have the, the, the anointed number one receiver, but everyone could kind of fill that role. From a defensive perspective, that's really hard because who do you elect to double team or who do you go in trying to game plan or erase out of the – the game plan each week. We've seen there have been times where Evan Ingram is the big game. He goes off, and then the next week Christian Kirk will have a big game or Zay Jones will have a big game. Where now you have all of these guys who not only are capable of having big games, but they're capable for doing it from multiple spots within the offense. That's the part where we talk about the scheming and the creativity. That's when this offense can, can take another jump, and that's the jump that is really going to be necessary when you think about who you're going to have to knock off in the AFC to be a Super Bowl contender. Kansas City, you talk about Buffalo and Cincinnati, high-powered offenses that can put up points and bunches. The Jaguars have to have that capability. Yeah, and, and I know we talked about it a lot during the season, but a pretty remarkable thing, usually offenses are built 
more through the draft than free agency. I think you know, mm-hmm. that's my theory anyway. Um, this has been a pretty remarkable job of putting this together with really only two draft picks, Trevor mm-hmm. and ETN. To put together a skill bunch that is not only a very capable skill bunch, meaning you know all four of these guys, it, I would say skill, I mean the receivers, mm-hmm. all four of those guys very capable, maybe of a thousand yard seasons, plus they're not aging out yet of that prime mm. time in their career. A lot of times when you put together offensive skill, you're taking maybe the Julio Jones who's past his prime and adding him in Tennessee. I'm not criticizing that mm-hmm. move, but that sort of thing. They added these guys coming into their prime. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, you know, all these guys, you can see them having two or three years left in that prime. That's a hard thing to do in terms of putting together what looks like a core. Yeah, very, very difficult thing to do. Uh, but now you have a core that can still grow together. Right. I mean, you talk about Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, guys, fifth and sixth year players. They have time. Zay Jones has time. So this team can really grow offensively together with Travis Etienne and, and Trevor Lawrence playing key roles respectively. This is a nice opportunity for the Jaguars to really make um, a move. And you want to get it together. We're still talking about it on paper, but – you can already envision how this offense can look with all of the pieces that are around the quarterback right now. Jags last year were 10th in the league in points per game, 23.8. So, I don't know, what are they getting this year? 27 points per game? That would be fourth in the league last year. 27-28. You know, you would like to, if you're Doug Peterson, you want to put put it up there at 30. You want the team to shoot for 30 points a game, and then maybe you come back down to 27-28. But this team has that capability. It requires more efficiency, so the quarterback has to be better in terms of like, can we get to the point where in games mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for Trevor to rip off 10, 11, 12 straight completions where you have these moments where he, he finishes the game, you know, 25 of 30. Uh, he has 250 to 300 yards, and the ball goes to seven, eight different pass catchers. That's the kind of balance that really gives defensive problems. And when the Jaguars have played their best, it's been that kind of efficient and balanced distribution that we've seen. Well, and I, th- and I think it bodes well in this sense. You mentioned the stat, JP, and I haven't, I haven't broken it down by halves of the season. But my guess is if you took them over the last nine games of the season, I've got to think they are higher in the league in, yeah, in total so. points than 10. Sure. That's significant to me because the first half of that season, when you start getting away from it, looking at it overall, clearly the first half of the season was about mm-hmm. them trying to figure each other out. Second half of the season was clearly about Trevor had experience in this offense. All the receivers did. Adding Ridley to that, even without adding Ridley, I would have expected them to be top seven, mm-hmm. top six in total points next year. Once he gets into it, and it, it may take four or five games, just mm-hmm. like it did the rest of the guys, um, you know, I, I don't want to overblow it yet, but this should be a top five offense points. It certainly has the potential. I can't imagine that's not what Doug's thinking. Mm-hmm. 24.8 last year, 
I've got to think it gets into the high 20s. And when you start getting there, then you start being able to win games consistently offensively. Now you're in a top three or four. That's what the great teams are doing right now. This has that potential. Yeah, it has that potential. And you think about like year two under Doug Peterson. So year one, you go to the playoffs. The team understand what it's like to play in the tournament. You also understand that you lose to Kansas City. And you watch them go on and win the Super Bowl. And you can talk yourself into thinking, man, there were opportunities for us to win that game on the road. So now the emphasis is on how can we put ourselves in a position to get to the Super Bowl? Well, the easiest way is to get a top seed, make sure all the games are at home in your stadium. You don't have to get on the road, and you want to have the shortest road. And the shortest road is play two games, and then you're in the big the big game. So you're here. so all you need is home field. That's it. <laughs> that's all. That helps. I mean, that best yeah. record in football. Yeah, that's okay. what you want. All right. win the division. <laughs> that's all. And you want to make sure that you put yourself in a position. <laughs> three and fourteen. Fifteen yeah. and two. Fifteen <laughs> and two. Fourteen and three. I mean, that's that's what it has it has to be. You can't, look, you can't be afraid to set it out there. You can't you can't say, oh, the next step is. Hey, let's see if we can get right. past the divisional round. Like we we're going for it. Like the window is small because everyone has to understand the quarterback is about to get paid soon, and we're seeing that the the money is going up for the quarterback position. If Daniel Jones can get forty million dollars annually, if Trevor Lawrence does a hint of what he did last year, it may be a five in the front. And so when you pay him, you got to remember the rest of the dynamics of the yeah. team shift. So. This is the opportunity for the Jaguars to do it. So, yeah, you have to kind of nudge this team to thinking about number one seed, home field advantage, or those things. I think Bucky just locked the number one seed. I mean, I didn't, I didn't lock in the number one seed. You got <laughs> to go for it. Put it out there. I mean, you got to go Put it for out it. There. I can't say it's a lot. We haven't even got the free agency or the draft yet. It's March. Let me see the composition of okay. the team. He'll know after OTA. Oh, he's got an yeah. idea. Get some important practices in. After I read John Osher's, like, notes his copious notes from being at practice telling me how many completions if the ball hit the ground who's who's the star of camp then i'll, I'll be able to go all in on the number one well, you can talk. look somewhere else for ota stats yeah, i can promise you that that's right yeah i just need to know the star the star of mini camp the star of the offseason by the way uh, final thought today that those ota practices and mini camp will be on the game field still here at tiaa bank mm. field because they are still working on construction at the miller electric center and as i said earlier i had a chance to walk through with Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke today. Peterson spoke with the construction workers. Mm -hmm. They've got about four months to go before they give up the building and it's done and the Jaguars move in. So end of June is when that is. So the team should be moving in early July. And then training camp, of course, would be out there starting in late July. I mean, the place is massive. Absolutely massive. There's glass everywhere. Mm. You can actually see the sun. That glowing orb in the sky Mm -hmm. apparently is the sun. You can't see it inside the building here, but it's everywhere over there. I mean, there's so much space. Uh, the weight room's massive. The indoor facility is is huge. Uh, all the coaching spaces, offices, meeting rooms, lounges, player really? lounge, coach lounge. I mean, the, the big that. team meeting. It's got everything you want. Okay, so I got a, I got a question. I'm going to do this on behalf of Joe. Joe and I just had got a little question about yeah because you saw office space, right? Yeah. Did you see any corner offices out there that were, like, available? Corner? Yeah, like a little corner office, like, with, like, a little view of the stuff. You talked about the sun and all that well, other stuff. Well, I did, did see, see there was a row of, like, you know, Doug Peterson's office. 
and then Trent Baalke's office. They're kind of big. They're on the side. They have a terrace and everything. There's, oh, they got nice. a terrace? It's a big terrace, not a little terrace. It's Did big. You, see, you didn't see any unnamed offices? I'm not saying that there was a nameplate there, but just like an office that looks like it might be available you know, just there, in case. There might have been like a broom closet over in the corner Dude. that you might be able to claim, like you know, I, Osher has now, kind of one of those corner things. They haven't quite you know cordoned off yet, but you know right. the times now because it's coming in hot. Yeah, just let me know. Like, let me know where we can find the office, and then we can do some you're trying ordering. To, you're trying to move up. What are you trying? No, to do? I'm just saying some mahogany tables and stuff, desks, stuff like that, like furniture. It's really important, like that you feel comfortable in the office when you're looking out and see all that picturesque stuff. I heard, I heard all these like fancy terms, like terrazzo tiling oh. and all this oh. stuff, and yeah, all this stuff was going on today. Airflow things. I wonder what. Joe, you gonna have office in the new building? Maybe I thought terrazzo was an app. <laughs> 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 I thought chorizo was like like so chorizo is like, like sausage. sausage. That's different. Stuff. Like that, that's what they like. No, no, it's different. Oh, okay, like yeah. you get that over to Verna. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, the building should be ready to roll, and there, the uh, drainage system is going in right now in the practice fields. And I learned okay. this today. There's no crown in the practice fields, so it's just one exactly flat surface the entire practice field area. That way, they can alternate. Throughout the year, they can put the fields two outside one way, and then if they want to, midway through the season, put them side to side. They've got cameras at each end. They've got field goal or goalposts at each end to do that. And the drainage and the airflow is underneath the fields, so they will water the fields from underneath. There aren't sprinkler systems out there. Wow, it's just, sounds, there's all that going on. Right sounds now. like a fancy do that. Like wow. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to. It's just pretty impressive. Go over there. I can't wait to have some of those. What, I wore office. white shoes to a construction site today, too. That oh, wasn't that, a great call. That, that was not a great call. That was not a great call, JP. That okay. Was, that was not. That's all right. It's okay. My guy Jay over here sitting there with sunglasses and all that. On. He's so on vacation mode right now. He's, yeah. He can't <laughs> wait. He, he can't wait. He can't wait. He can't do it. Bucky, I got, is, I got, I got a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Well done on the Ridley interview. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate I haven't seen it, it yet, but I'm sure yeah, it's weird. <laughs> But <laughs> but he assumes it's probably well done. Yeah. I have heard it. it no, it was well done. Great to see you in the office. Look, it's it glad to be in the office. I, you know, maybe they can extend the invite. I can come to the office a little more. You know, kind of hang out. I look forward practice. to that. Yeah, it's just what we need. <laughs> more Bucky Brooks on the Bucky Brooks Show. <laughs> just hanging, great. You know, just kind of hanging out. I'm John Osier. I'm JP Shadrick. That's Bucky Brooks. Joe Fortunato on the audio. Thank you for listening. This is the Huddle Up Podcast.